Greetings. Hi, it's Jack Parnell from the Social Yet Distance Pod Collective, available wherever you pod yourself and all over the web and socials. Please like, subscribe, and share. Okay, there. Obligations fulfilled. Today and forevermore, we are offering a special episode chock full of revolution, history, and voice. Today, a taste of the Dial of Poems archive. First, let's cover some groundwork. Regarding credits and sources, we have no claims or rights and are not copyright holders of any of the material that we're presenting. This is an educational project designed to entice further investigation, not for commercial use. We respect all of the parties involved and wish and hope that this applauds their efforts by rewarding the public with further exposure to their work. Always let us know if there is an issue that we can fix. Sourcing included in this particular edition comes from Ubu Web in the pictures archives as well as the sounds collection. AllenGinsberg.org is a fantastic resource for all things related to this period of time that we're covering. And then various Google searches revealing other open sources like archive.org, other free or rights approved content and media sources. Okay, we Googled a bunch of stuff. So the whole point, though, is to get the audience to learn more, to entice further investigation into this beautiful slice of American literature history. You got beef? Let us know. We'll fix it in the most Buddhist vegan way. One more thing. In keeping with the Dial of Poems tradition, I would welcome you to visit our Anchor podcasting site. I'll leave the link for you, but let's relive the moment. Uh, contact the site, select message, and leave feedback on uh, leave a feedback on this particular segment and a poem if you'd like. There's going to be a one minute limit. Sorry, um, that's imposed by the man. Um, you know they warned us about technology and free speech, now didn't they? So I'm going to start today with a reading of some of the processes that are directly. Um, from the mouth of John Giorno of Giorno Poetry Systems, the poet and the author that's most associated with the production of this project. There are many, many other voices that are included above what's going to be available here. Ubu Web has the majority of the collection, the lineups, album liner notes, etc., etc. This is only a sampling. Go listen and join us. You'll be glad you did. All right, here we go. The Dial of Poem Poets, 1972, Dial of Poem Hype. One day a New York mother saw her 12-year-old son with two friends listening on the telephone and giggling, and she grabbed the phone from them, and what she heard freaked her out. This was Dial a Poem, and it was at the Architectural League of New York with worldwide media coverage, and a junior scholastic magazine had just done an article, and listening to Dial a Poem was homework in the New York City public schools. It was also at a time when I was putting out a lot of erotic poetry like Jim Carroll's Pornographic Basketball Diaries, so it became hip for the teenies to call. The mother and other reactionary members of the community started hassling us, and the Board of Education put pressure on the telephone company, and then there were hassles and more hassles, and they cut us off. Ken Dewey and the New York State Council on the Arts were our champions, and the heavy lawyers threatened the telephone company with a lawsuit, and we were instantly on again. Soon after our funds were cut and we couldn't pay the telephone bill, so it ended. 
Then we moved to the Museum of Modern Art, where one half of the content of Dalla Poem was politically radical poetry at the, at the time. With the war and repression and everything, we thought this was a good way for the movement to reach the people. Time Magazine picked up on how you could call David and Nelson Rockefeller's museum and learn how to build a bomb. This was when the weathermen were bombing New York office buildings. Time ran a piece on the Nation page next to the photo of a dead cop shot while talking on the telephone in Philadelphia. However, Bobby Seale, Eldridge Cleaver, and the Black Panthers were well represented. This, coupled with rag publicity, really freaked the trustees of the museum, and the members resigned, and thousands complained, and the FBI arrived one morning to investigate. The Mo Museum of Modern Art is a warehouse of the plunder and ripoff for the Rockefeller family, and they got upset at being in the situation of supporting a system that would self-direct or self-purify, so they ordered the system shut down. John Hightower, MoMA director, was our champion with some heavy changes of conscience, and he wouldn't let them silence us for a short while. And then later, John Hightower, John Hightower was fired from MoMA, and Ken Dewey recently flying alone in a small plane crashed and died. In the middle of the Dial of Poem experience was the giant self-consuming media machine choosing you as some of its food, which also lets you get your hands on the controls because you've made a new system of communicating poetry. The newspaper, magazine, TV, radio coverage had the effect of making everyone want to call the Dial of Poem. We got up to the maximum limit of the equipment and stayed there. 60,000 calls a week, and it was totally great. The busiest time was 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., so, so one figured that all those people sitting at desks in New York offices spent a lot of time on the telephone. Then the second busiest time was 8.30 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. was the after-dinner crowd, then the California calls and those tripping on acid or couldn't sleep 2 a.m. to 6 p.m., so using an existing communication system, we established a new poet-audience relationship. Signed, John Giorno, August 
Revolutionary letter number seven. There are those who can tell you how to make Molotov cocktails, flamethrowers, bombs, whatever you might be needing. Find them and learn. Define your aim clearly. Choose your ammo with that in mind. It is not a good idea to tote a gun or knife unless you are proficient in its use. All swords are two-edged, can be used against you by anyone who can get them away from you. It is even possible on the East Coast to find an isolated place for target practice. Success will depend mostly on your state of mind. Meditate, pray, make love, be prepared at any time to die, but don't get uptight. The guns will not win this one. They are an incidental part of the action, which we better damn well be good at. What will win is mantras, the sustenance we give each other, the energy we plug into, the fact that we touch, share food, the Buddha nature of everyone, friend and foe, like a million earthworms, tunneling under the structure till it falls. Revolutionary letter number 13. Now let me tell you what is a Brahma Shastra. Brahma Shastra, Hindu weapon of war, near as I can make out a flying wedge of mind energy hurled at the foe by God or hero, or many heroes hurled at a problem or enemy cracking it. Brahma Shastra can be made by any or all, can be made by all of us, straight or tripping, thinking together like, all of us stop the war at nine o'clock tomorrow, each take one soldier, see him clearly, love him, take the gun out of his hand, lead him to a quiet spot, sit him down, sit with him as he takes a joint of Viet Cong grass from his pocket. Brahma Shastra can be made by all of us tripping together, summer solstice, at home or in park or wandering, sitting with friends, blinds closed or on porch, no being, no need to gather publicly, just gather spirit, see the forest growing, put back the big trees, put back the buffalo, the grasslands of the Midwest with their herds of elk and deer, put fish in clean great lakes, desire that all surface water on the planet be clean again, kneel down and drink from whatever brook or lake you conjure up. Revolutionary letter number 16. We are eating up the planet. The New York Times takes a forest every Sunday. Los Angeles draws its water from the Sacramento Valley. The rivers of British Columbia are ours on lease for 99 years. Every large factory is an infringement of our God-given right to light and air, to clean and flowing rivers stocked with fish, to the very possibility of life for our children's children. We will have to look carefully, i.e., do we really want, need electricity, and at what cost in natural resource, human resource? Do we need cars when petroleum pumped from the earth poisons the land around for a hundred years, pumped from the car poisons the hard-pressed cities? Or try this statistic. The USA has 5% of the world's people, uses over 50% of the world's goods. Our garbage holds matter for survival for uncounted, underdeveloped nations. This is revolutionary letter number 49. Free Julian Beck. Free Timothy Leary. Free seven million starving in Pakistan. Free all political prisoners. Free Angela Davis. Free Soledad brothers. Free Martin Sobel. Free Saka Bill Hayward. Free Sitting Bull. Free Crazy Horse. Free all political prisoners. Free Billy the Kid. Free Jesse James. Free all political prisoners. Free Nathan Hale. Free Joan of Arc. Free Galileo and Bruno and Eckhart. 
Free Jesus Christ. Free sacrificial prisoners. Free all, all prisoners are political prisoners. Every pot smoker, a political prisoner. Every hold-up man, a political prisoner. Every forger, a political prisoner. Every angry kid who smashed a window, a political prisoner. Every whore, pimp, murderer, a political prisoner. Every pederast, dealer, drunk driver, burglar, poacher, striker, strike breaker, rapist. Polar bear at San Francisco Zoo, political prisoner. Ancient wise turtle at Detroit Aquarium, political prisoner. Flamingos dying in Phoenix Tourist Park, political prisoners. Otters in Tucson Desert Museum, political prisoners. Elk in Wyoming grazing behind barbed wire, political prisoners. Prairie dogs poisoned in New Mexico, war casualties. Mass grave of Wyoming bald eagles, a battlefield. Every kid in school, a political prisoner. Every lawyer in his cubicle, a political prisoner. Every doctor brainwashed by AMA, a political prisoner. Every housewife, a political prisoner. Every teacher lying through sad teeth, a political prisoner. Every Indian on reservation, a political prisoner. Every black man, a political prisoner. Every faggot hiding in bar, a political prisoner. Every junkie shooting up in John, a political prisoner. Every woman, a political prisoner. Every woman, a political prisoner. You are political prisoner locked in tense body. You are political prisoner locked in stiff mind. You are political prisoner locked to your parents. You are political prisoner locked to your past. Free yourself. Free yourself. I am political prisoner locked in anger habit. I am political prisoner locked in greed habit. I am political prisoner locked in fear habit. I am political prisoner locked in dull senses. I am political prisoner locked in numb flesh. Free me. Free me. Help to free me. Free yourself. Help to free me. Free yourself. Help to free me. Free Barry Goldwater. Help to free me. Free Governor Wallace. Free President Nixon. Free J. Edgar Hoover. Free them. Free yourself. Free them. Free yourself. Free yourself. Free them. Free yourself. Help to free me. Free us. Dance. As Esperanza turns to go inside, six pimpish young men burst through the door in a reek of brilliantine, lean over the balcony screaming insults at Joselito. This brings reinforcements to the faltering lower balcony. Tio Matty stalks out, followed by his adolescent car, El Mono. Tio Matty is an old assassin with twelve deer on his gun. A thin, ghostly old man with eyes the color of a faded gray flannel shirt. He wears a black suit and a black Stetson. Under the coat, a single-action Smith & Wesson tip-up 44 with a 7-inch barrel is strapped to his lean flank. Tio Mate wants to put another deer on his gun before he dies. The expression of deer, un venado, 
derives from the mountainous districts of northern Mexico, where the body is usually brought into the police post, draped over a horse like a deer. The young district attorney just down from the capital, Tio Mante, has dropped by to give him a folklore lesson. Tio Mante rolling a cigarette. I'm going to send you a deer, Senor Abigado. The DA thinks, well, now, that's nice of him. Well, now, thank you very much, but it isn't too much trouble. Tio Matty lights the cigarette and blows out the smoke. No trouble at all, Senor Abigado. It is my pleasure. Tio Matty blows smoke from the muzzle of his forty-four and smiles. Man is brought in draped over a saddle. The horse is led by a wooden-faced Indian cop. The D.A. comes out. The cop jerks his head back. Un venado. Uh, that's enough of that one. Let's see if there's anything else. And now Tia Maria, retired fat lady from a traveling carnival, comes out onto the lower balcony, supporting her vast weight on two canes. Tia Maria eats candy and reads love stories all day and gives card readings, the cards sticking and smudged with chocolate. She secretes a heavy sweetness. Sad and implacable, it flows out of her like a foam runway. The vicinos fear her sweetness, which they regard fatalistically as a natural hazard like earthquakes and volcanoes. The sugar of Mary, they call it. It could get loose one day and turn the city into a cake. Now Tio Gordo, the blind lottery ticket seller, rolls his immense bulk out onto the upper balcony, his wheelchair chariot, his snarling black dog at his side. The dog smells all the money Tio Gordo takes. A torn note brings an ominous growl. A counterfeit, and it will break the man's arm and its powerful jaws, brace its legs, and hold him for the police. The dog leaps to the balcony wall and hooks its paws over, barking, snarling, bristling eyes, phosphorescent. Tia Maria gasps, and the sugar runs out of her. She is terrified of rage dogs, as she calls them. The dog seems ready to leap down onto the lower balcony. Tio Mate plots the trajectory its body would... Tio Pepe throws his head back and howls. Era atropellado para un camión. Pero atropellado para un camión. Dog run over by a truck. The dog drags its broken hindquarters in a dusty noon street. The dog slinks whimpering to Tio Gordo. Gonzalez de Agente wakes up muttering chingoa. The fumes of mescal burning in his brain. Buttoning on his police tunic and forty-five, he pushes roughly to the wall of the upper balcony. Gonzalez is a broken, dishonored man. All the vecinos know he has much fear of Tio Mate and crosses the street to avoid him. El Mono has acted out both parts. Gonzalez looks down, and there is Tio Mate waiting. The hairs stand up straight on Gonzalez's head. Chinkoa! He snatches out his forty-five and fires twice. 
The bullets whistle past Tio Mate's head. Tio Mate smiles. In one smooth movement, he draws, aims, and fires. The heavy slug catches Gonzales in his open mouth, ranging up through the roof, blows a large tuft of erect hairs out the back of Gonzales's head. Gonzales folds across the balcony wall. The hairs go limp and hang down from his head. The balcony wall begins to sway like a horse. His forty-five drops to the lower balcony and goes off. Shot breaks the camera. A frozen still of the two balconies tilted down at a forty-five degree angle. Gonzales, still draped over the wall, sliding forward, the wheelchair halfway down the upper balcony, the dog slipping down on braced legs, the vecinos trying to climb up and slipping down. Give me the 16. The cameraman shoots wildly. Pimp scream by, teeth bare, eyes rolling. Esperanza sneers down at the Mexican earth. The fat lady drops straight down, her pink skirts billowing up around her. Tia Dolores sails down, her eyes winking sweet and evil like a doll. Dog falls across a gleaming empty sky. Pressure. When I see you climb the walls, I climb them too. Mud hole. No way out of the telephone booth, the classroom. The VW bus, the igloo. No way out of the Quonset hut, the tea for two, the greenhouse, the waterproof tent, the motel room, the split-level ranch house, the hacienda, the chalet, the icy castle, the formidable mountain, the haunted house, the 747, the rickety porch, the lazy afternoon, my mother's house, your sister's house, the hospital ward, the clothes hamper. No way out of Chicago or Cleveland or Detroit. No way out of the 60-story office building, the church, the temple, the Long Island Railroad Station, the A-train, the D-train, the BMT, the 9th Street Crosstown bus, the rain, the seven-inch snow piling up outside my window, the refreshingly hot shower. No way out of the pool room, the bowling alley, the noisy bar, the enormous bathtub, the Chinese restaurant, the delicatessen, the department store, the trolley. No way out of the desert, off the Alp, out of the tunnel. Out of the river, the lake, the ocean, the bay, off the skis, out of the arena, out of the spotlight, the movie theater, the motion picture screen. No way out of the barn, the farm, the chicken coop, the stable, the hayloft. No way out of the doctorate, the BA, the MA, the tool shed, the library, my sneakers. No way out of Africa, no way off the jeep, the circus, the rodeo. The Donizetti Opera, La Fille du Regiment. No escape from Joan Sutherland's astounding voice or the barking dogs chasing the deer, weakened from a long winter. No escape from the guitar or the cello or the harpsichord. No escape from the mailman, the endless mail. No way out of the stationery store, the print shop, the newspaper office, the glossy IBM retail showroom on William Street, the poker game, the family dinner, the cocktail party, the birthday celebration. No way out of Christmas, off New Year's, out of Philadelphia, Texas, Reason, PA. No way out of the sleeping bag, no way, no way. No way out of the celery patch, 
the organic vegetable garden, the ancient forest, the deep ravine, the glistening valley, the starry night, the Louvre, the Met, the numerous art galleries of New York City and L.A., the simple chat, the zoo, no escape, the coat hangers, no escape, the history of Russia, no escape, China, Japan, the history of music, no escape, the voices of the pygmies singing in the rainforest, Gamelon, Mozart's legacy, and Satie's, no way out of prison, no way off progress, off collapse, no way out of the White House or the Senate or the Capitol, no way, no way, no way out of money even when you're out of it, no way out of whippoorwills, swallows, gulls, the swimming pool, bellows falls, the great chain of being, no escape, the magnetic field, no escape, the continental shelf, no escape, the great barrier reef, no escape, no escape, the piper cub, no return, the next acceptance speech, no return, the last hurrah, the middle age, no way out of TV, no way off Mars, the moon, the sun's radiant energy, no way, no way, no way out of structural anthropology, or brain chemistry, or painkillers, or pain, no way off pleasure, the rainbow, no escape, the cab ride, no escape, the World Trade Center, no escape, the Amazon, no escape, amazing grace, no escape, autumn, no escape, my window, no escape, and midnight, stubborn midnight, no escape, no return, no way off, no way out of midnight, black midnight, deep midnight, now coaxing midnight, gentle midnight, no escape. Ode to Joy. We shall have everything we want, and there'll be no more dying on the pretty plains or in the supper clubs. For our symbol, we'll acknowledge vulgar materialistic laughter over an insatiable sexual appetite. And the streets will be filled with racing forms. And the photographs of murderers and narcissists and movie stars will swell from the walls and books alive in steaming rooms to press against our burning flesh, not once but interminably, as water flows downhill into the full-lipped basin and the adder dives for the ultimate ostrich egg, and the feather cushion preens beneath a reclining monolith that's sweating with post-exertion visibility and sweetness near the grave of love. No more dying. We shall see the grave of love as a lovely sight and temporary near the elm that spells the lovers' names in roots. And there'll be no more music but the ears and lips, and no more wit but tongues and ears, and no more drums but ears to thighs as evening signals nudities unknown to ancestors' imaginations. And the imagination itself will stagger like a tired paramour of ivory under the sculptural necessities of lust that never falters, like a six-mile runner from Sweden or Liberia covered with gold. As lava flows up and over the far-down somnolent city's abdication and the hermit always wanting to be lone is lone at last, and the weight of external heat crushes the heat-hating Puritan, whose self-defeating vice becomes a proper sepulchre at last that love may live. Buildings will go up into the dizzy air as love itself goes in and up the reeling life that it has chosen for once or all, while in the sky a feeling of intemperate fondness will excite the birds to swoop and veer like flies crawling across absorbed limbs that weep a pearly perspiration on the sheets of brief attention and the hairs dry out that summon anxious declaration of the organs as they rise like buildings to the needs of temporary neighbors pouring hunger through the heart to feed desire in intravenous ways, like the ways of gods with humans in the innocent combination of light and flesh, or as the legends ride their heroes through the dark to found great cities where all life is possible to maintain as long as time, 
which wants us to remain for cocktails in a bar and after dinner lets us live with it. No more dying. The next poem is called To Hell With It. And the actual occasion of the poem is not that two friends of mine died, but obviously it was in the back of my mind, if not the front, when I wrote it. And I think that probably after the initial shock, death makes me angrier rather than sadder as a, an event. To hell with it. Hungry winter this winter. Meaningful hints at dismay to be touched, to see labeled as such. Perspicacious Colette and Vladimirovich meet with sickness and distress. It is because of sunspots on the sun. I clean it off with an old sock and go on. And blonde Gregory dead in fallout on a highway with his Broadway wife, the last of the Lafayettes. How I hate subject matter, melancholy intruding on the vigorous heart, the soul telling itself you haven't suffered enough, hialo miel, and all things that don't change, photographs, monuments, memories of Bunny and Gregory and me in costume bowing to each other in the audience like jinxes, Nothing now can be changed as, last crying, no tears will dry, and Bunny will never change her writing of the bear, nor Greg bear me any further gift beyond liking my poems, no new poems for him, and a big red railroad handkerchief from the country in his sports car, so like another actor. For sentiment is always intruding on form, the immaculate disgust of the mind, beaten down by pain and the vileness of life's flickering disapproval. Endless torment, pretending to be the rose of acknowledgement, courage, and fruitless absolution, hence the word hip, to be cool, decisive, precise, yes, while the barn door hits you in the face each time you get up, because the wind, seeing you slim and gallant, rises to embrace its darling poet. It thinks I'm mysterious. All diseases are exchangeable. Wind, you'll have a terrible time smothering my clarity, a void behind my eyes, into which existence continues to stuff its wounded limbs as I make room for them on one after another filthy page of poetry. This is part of a diary from 1962. We were in the room, and then the coach... He told me to take my shirt off and try on the top of the uniform, and I did that too. And then he told me that it fit perfectly over my body, and he started to rub my body and take it back off me again. And then he said, take off your pants and try on these bottoms. So I took off my blue jeans and threw them across the arm of the chair next to me, and he handed me the shorts and told me that I shouldn't wear any underwear when I tried them on because the fit might not be right. I hesitated a minute. Holy shit, I thought. What the fuck have you gotten yourself into, or out of, or whatever the fuck was going on? And I was really nervous whether I should punch this guy out, or if I should take off my pants and be cool and just try on the shorts, and so what if he sees my prick anyway? I'm only 12 years old. I took off my underwear, and I was standing there totally naked, and Mike's eyes were popping out. And I went to pull off the shorts, to see if they fit, but he stopped me, and he told me that he wanted to take my measurements first, and he sort of took my body and leaned it against the wall, and began to measure my thighs and my calf muscles, 13 inches, by the way, and then the fucker did it. 
He pressed his palm very softly against my prick and my balls and said that he should measure that now. No more, I thought. I took that motherfucker, and mostly by instinct, I guess, gave him a pretty solid fiver over the back of his neck. Then I got angry. He was down on his knees from that punch and just took him by his face and pushed him so that his head hit on the brass bedpost and then I simply whipped my clothes on again, picked up the uniform and made it to the door where he came running after me and told me not to be angry. August 7th, 1965 Tonight we got drunk but not as bad as last night so we went over to some terrible bar and tried to pick something up. The guy told us that the... <laughs> The guy told us that the Celia sisters were heading down toward the beach. I had gotten a blowjob once from Alice Celia, and a little sister had quite a reputation herself. So Willie and I headed after them. When we caught up to them, we waited about ten feet behind and watched them duck into an alleyway. They were both stone drunk. When we passed by, we saw them making out with each other all over the concrete. Boy, that really turns me on, Willie said to me. Then he called for Alice, and she came over and said to me, I remember you. You came in my mouth, and it tasted like strawberries. This girl is really fucked up, I thought. She was only 14, too. Her sister was 13. Want to go down to the beach with us? I asked. Okay. On the way over to the beach, Alice pissed right in the street, but I don't want to soil my diary with a description of that. Then some other guys spotted us with them and told some other guys who told some other guys, and I swear before long, the whole fucking town was on the beach waiting for pillow jobs. One guy came up to me and asked what was going on. These two girls, I think, are about to give out an awful lot of blowjobs, I said. Get in line, someone else told him. Willie and I left that fucking scene, got a ball, and went down to the courts in the dark to practice foul shots for the game tomorrow. Badra kisses. kisses. When starting, when starting on a journey, on a journey when starting, when on, a starting journey, on a journey, they did not they tell, did not tell, they did not tell their party, their party, where, they going, where they were going, where they were going, where they were going, or how long, or how it, long would take, it would take, or how long, or how it, long would take. it would take. He looked at himself. He looked at himself. He looked at himself in the mirror above the sink. In the mirror above the sink. And grin. And grin. And grin. Particular deities. Particular deities. Surviving on the energy. Surviving on the energy of a given situation. Of a given situation. The meeting of the two minds. The meeting of the two minds is the awareness. Is the awareness of the space they are sharing together. Of the space they are sharing. Together. together, the double-cut double vinyl, vinyl umbrella, the double-cut double vinyl, vinyl umbrella is solid is color, color on top, is solid is color, color on top, your choice, your choice, your choice of aqua, of aqua citron, citron, or fern, or fern of, aqua, of aqua, citron, or fern, exteriors, exteriors, and floral interiors, and floral interiors. The flowing pattern, the flowing pattern of all one's past lives, of all one's past lives, and the early part, and the early part of one's present life, of one's present life, right up to today, right up to today. They grinned broadly, they grinned broadly at each other, at each other. 
three times, three times, three times, green horses, green horses came out of the top of his head, came out of the top of his head, green horses came out of the top of his head, and everyone in the world, and everyone in the world heard their name, and everyone in the world heard their name, heard their name. They pulled each other, they pulled each other closer, closer, they pulled each other closer, closer. When you look in this mirror, when you look in this mirror, it shoots flames at you. When you look in this mirror, it shoots flames at you, it shoots flames at you, thunderbolts at you, thunderbolts at you, thunderbolts at you, it shoots Amrita, it shoots Amrita at you, it shoots Amrita at you, at you. Then they squirmed closer, then they squirmed closer, then they squirmed closer. Is merely the opening up, is merely the opening up of both sides, of both sides. Is merely the opening up of both sides, opening the whole thing, opening the whole thing, opening the whole thing. Their tremendous energies, their tremendous energies from exploding stars, from exploding stars known as supernovas, known as supernovas, or collapsing stars, or collapsing stars, known as pulsars, known as pulsars. They sucked each other's, they sucked each other's tongues, tongues, they sucked each other's tongues, and swap, spit, and swap, spit, and swap, swap, spit, spit. He was breathing hard, he was breathing hard, he was breathing hard, and I felt his heart, and I felt his heart pounding, and I felt his heart pounding, pounding, as he leaned against me, as he leaned against me, as he leaned against me, was able to ride, was able to ride the sun's rays, was able to ride the sun's rays, wherever he wished, wherever he wished, wherever he wished. Something, something just just opens. opens. Something, just, something opens. just opens. Something just opens. And there is a kind of flash. And there is a kind of flash. And there is a kind of flash. And that's all. And that's all. And that's all. There is nothing there. There is nothing there. There is nothing there. Energy can only happen. Energy can only happen in the absence of energy. In the absence of energy. Otherwise, there would be. Otherwise, there would be just one big explosion. Just one big explosion. The sword in his right hand. The sword in his right hand. And the skull bowl of blood. And the skull bowl of blood in his left. And the sword in his right hand. And the skull bowl of blood in his left. In his left. Whatever happens, whatever happens, that's part of the trip. That's part of the trip. If you do it, if you do it, you get it. You get it. If you do it, you get it. He is seated. He is seated on a human skin. He is seated on a human skin. On a human skin. With hands and skull still attached. With hands and skull still attached. With hands and skull still attached. We moved in rhythm. We moved in rhythm. We moved in rhythm. Hips slamming against hips. Hips slamming against hips. Hips slamming against hips. 
as I work my body, as I work my body in upward and downward, as I work my body in upward and downward movements, in upward and downward movements, movements. Was sometimes able, was sometimes able to turn his body, to turn his body, was sometimes able to turn his body into a golden vajra, into a golden vajra, into a golden vajra. It is not a question, it is not a question of going into another world, of going, of going into another world, into another world, into another world. This is 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 another world. And fell asleep. Asleep. And fell asleep. In each other's arms. And fell asleep. In each other's arms. In each other's arms. Two. Small curved bridges, two small curved bridges, span the access roads, span the access roads. The air around you, the air around you is liquid, is liquid, and you can feel the liquid, and you can feel the liquid being pulled into your lungs, being pulled into your lungs as you inhale, as you inhale, as you inhale. Access roads, access roads that connect to the east-west highway, that connect to the east-west highway and to the bridge, and to the bridge, and to the bridge. One opens oneself completely. One opens oneself completely in such a way that, in such a way that, although it may only be for a few seconds, although it may only be for a few seconds, it somehow means a great deal. It somehow means a great deal. Then slowly, then slowly release it. Release it. Then, slowly then slowly release it. Release it. By exhaling. By exhaling. By exhaling. Power steering. Power steering. Four wheel drive. Four wheel drive. An adjustable seat. An adjustable seat. A padded instrument panel. A padded instrument panel. As well as a tinted windshield. As well as a tinted windshield. A stereo tape deck. A stereo tape deck. An AM FM radio. An AM FM radio. Thanks for coming by, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, that is probably going to end up being a part one of a two or several part series um pretty jazzed on the whole dial of poets thing again as i have been in the past and am really encouraged by revisiting it so look forward to that and um, we're also planning on doing a series of readings from out of the outlaw bible of american poetry um so look forward to that visit us on all the socials please uh register to, to uh, be a member at um, all the socials like Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. You know the deal. Um, and uh, come see the videos. Come pay attention to the podcast. Um, and we appreciate you being here and look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks.